All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. You must have had this song in your head from TNT in the mid-season thing. That's probably what it is. Every break last night. So Every like, let me look break. Hey, man. The official Check song of the in-season tournament. Knockout stage coming up. Hmm. Uh, I see him working a little bit, but but real quick, man. Back to the uh, Browns. But look, no, I mean it's you know you lose a guy like Deshaun because I you know I've known that you know it can be real. Deshaun hasn't played of what we think of Deshaun, but also know still what kind of quarterback Deshaun is. You lose him, um, that 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 hurts. But I still feel the way that the Browns are built. Do I think their hopes for the division is done? Yes. I don't think they I don't think Cleveland overcomes Baltimore um or Cincinnati um without Deshaun. But due to the fact they still can get a wild card. Um if they play because the defense ain't gonna change. I mean, Deshaun ain't been playing that good anyway. Okay? They've already played what, two games with a backup? Two or three games, maybe? How many of y'all played with a backup? Uh, five games. Okay, so you've already played five games with a backup. Defense ain't changed. You still go win some games. What do you got? Well, you lost three of those. Um, but the, the key with the defense is if the offense gets forced off the field quickly. And then you, ha- then you have three and out by the offense. And three and out by the offense. And three and out by the offense. I don't care how good your defense is. There's only so many of those consecutively that you will that you will bend, and eventually you will break. No, I agree with that. Uh, so, and when it comes back to the quarterback play, it goes back to my philosophy on quarterbacks. Your you can your your quarterback doesn't have to be the that's about the Browns being a running run first team. Your offense doesn't have to be built around a quarterback, especially when you have a great offensive line. And you have uh, and, and and you have quality running backs. Missing Nick Chubb definitely hurts still too. But when you but your quarterback needs to be the difference. Like I've said before, it needs to be the difference between a win and a loss. You can't lose because of your franchise quarterback. Last week the Browns won because of their franchise quarterback. Um, I don't try looking again. Forty percent Deshaun Watson is better than a hundred percent PJ Walker. When you need that drive at the end of the game, and I understand again, PJ Walker did deliver it in the San Francisco game. Of course, San Francisco had a shot. You know, there's there's things in there too that was penalties weren't called. We've had those conversations before as to why the Browns won that game, and eventually you just come down to the fact you won that game. But I don't trust DTR at this stage. Now the DTR start to. Is also about I think that he because his ceiling is higher if he can kind of build confidence as you go towards the postseason. PJ Walker is what he is, and as you do, if you do snag a wild card, you you kind of already know that it's just going to be that wild card round and done. But they need to be the difference because you can run the ball and you can you can play defense. But when the quarter when you have to throw the ball, Deshaun Watson was developing into getting more comfortable with being able to throw that ball. 
Um, PJ Walker and DTR, they haven't been that person in their career. Deshaun has, at least has been that person in his career. You felt better going to the playoffs with him. Well, I mean, if that's the angle, the way you look at it, then the question I'll say is the same thing that we're asking about the New York Jets. Why did the Cleveland Browns in the front office, why they do a better job solidifying the backup quarterback and that's position? that's what every journalist so, asked Andrew well, Barry on the, on the call this well, morning when they came out because the – Deshaun Watson spoke to the media, Kevin Stefanski spoke to the media, and Andrew Barry spoke to the media. And even so, they've, they've buckled down in terms of their comfortable, Andrew Barry has, in terms of he's comfortable with the guys on the roster. Speaking of P.J. Walker and DTR, they do plan to add a third per all reports and per him, you know, from, 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 again, from what he said in the conference. But your options now are very limited because we're past the trade deadline. So you can't call up Tennessee and see what they want for Tannehill. You can't call up Las Vegas and see what they want for Garoppolo because they've officially benched him. DTR, that's his name, right? Dorian Thompson Robinson, yes. DTR was chosen over Dobbs. Dobbs walked in a situation not knowing any receivers' names, a team that had won three games in a row already, just lost their quarterback in general for the year, Achilles. Starting to play well. He came in, won two games. They've got a five-game winning streak going into Denver Sunday night. Um, because of the way the team is built, look, there is a difference when you lose a Deshaun Watson. But the way the team is built and the defense it has, the number two defense in the league, arguably they've got an MVP candidate on the defense side of the ball. At least defense player of the year. And, and possibly defensive player of the year. Well, if you win MVP as a defensive player, you should be defensive player. Yeah. Um, they can still win games. I'm not letting Stefanski and all this totally off the hook on this. Um, I've already lowered the expectations in regards to being realistic and thinking that they can take over the Ravens or the Bengals for the division. But I think if you look at their schedule with the defense, they run the ball, protect the ball, they can get one of these wild card spots. So, again, it, it's, it's been a mixed bag from Cleveland radio, Cleveland media, Cleveland fan base, everybody about Deshaun, whether he's, you know, this is a conspiracy where he doesn't really want to be here and all this. Well, he's been banged up. And even if this is a different shoulder, but also we're going to find out because I believe the remaining of the season, only two things are going to happen to the Cleveland Browns organization in regards to quarterback. Either DTR or if they decide to go back to um, – Deb Walker, if they can win games and they can get good play from the quarterback position and run the ball and just play sound under the defense, by the time the season's over, wherever it is, it's going to circle back around and those conversations from certain media members of Cleveland, certain fan base going to say, do we really need to pay Deshaun Watson? Why do we give Deshaun Watson this? Or because this is only going two ways. It's either that way or it's either way like, damn, what that old saying goes, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Or it's going to be like, okay, yes, Deshaun Watson, we hope he can come back fully healthy and get ready to go. This is how it's doing. Because trust me, and it ain't just going to be the fan base in the media, Cleveland. The front office is going to be looking at like what happens if that decision gets on your lap. You end up basically maybe only missing the division title by a game or you make it to the divisional round with a backup quarterback or, you know, and a good defense in a running game. It's human nature. That's what the, so that's going to be the storyline. But I'm going to turn the light on. 
a little bit on Stefanski. I'm going to turn the light on and basically because I believe the defense and I agree with Jonas. That's the truth. I mean, you I've said this a hundred times in this day and time, you know, you can't have the 01 Ravens, the 85 Bears lead you all the way because the rules are different. But the defense hasn't wavered. Regardless, the defense should not waver for the most part. Can they be on? Can they can they afford the, the offense to steady go three and outs, three and outs? No, I don't think so. I think Cleveland can run the ball too good to go three and out, three and out. But I feel like if you're in that locker room, um, it's one of those that it's probably some mixed emotions. But I think from the confidence standpoint, I don't think it should wait. It's not going to waver that much in the locker room because Deshaun hasn't really played elite football anyway and you know they're they've been without them as you alluded to five games so we'll just see how they handle it's i mean the the north are playing each other this week it's a big one tomorrow between the ravens and Bengals, um and it's a big one between pittsburgh and cleveland that's part two so we'll see the the plot thickens in the afc north eight seven seven three seven grind also sticking with the uh nfl what do you got Really quick, uh, because the the conversation is taking place on the national scale, uh, where the Deshaun Watson trade ranks in terms of the bust scale. Of course, there's still three more years left on his deal, um, but through two years, the first two years on the team, uh, he has played 11 games, um, played 11 games, and made and cleared what 160 million, 180 million. At the bank? I think it's so unfair and it's all clickbait to even whoever posed that question out as a poll. So this is a five-year deal, right? I believe five. I'll so double we're, check we're in the second year of a guy that took almost two years off of playing football, and we want to go ahead and rush and go ahead and call it a bus. No, I'm not calling it. Where oh, it was rank. a four-year deal. Yeah, no, we can't rank this where the bu- where, on trades where the bus. We barely at the halfway mark. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the that's the error and the part that I'm never going to – and that goes back to why I say the industry saturated because you got a lot of people under pressure just to have clickbait and do things. Why is that even a poll? Like, how what what is based off of what we can say it's a bust? Because it's a high number? I mean, that – I mean, and those are the same – I mean, again, you, especially in the NFL with it being a week-to-week league and things can change. It comes down to good coaching. Let's go on – look what's going on in Colorado. A team that's one in five. Roster ain't even maybe a fourth as talented as the Cleveland Brown. And I just tell you that there was a lot of people talking about the game then passed Sean Payton up. This marriage doesn't work between Russ and Sean. There was people like me that was ready just to like, let's go get one. Let's get in that top three or four. And what you're seeing now is coaching. And no, and Stefanski is nowhere near in the zip code of Sean Payton. But Stefanski is supposed to be still a decent coach. He ain't hacking. He ain't a rookie. So to me, I, I just think that it's too soon to sit there and say this is a bust. That's like people rushing to try to sit there and say, oh, well, the Bryce Young pick, that's a bust. Really? Can you name me two or three of the wide receivers? Because I do sports talk for a living, and I can't tell you that. And I eat, sleep the NFL. Offensive line, this and this. Instant microwave gratification and pocket watching. Because I guarantee you if Deshaun Watson 
I don't know, had a $20 million left, a $30 million contract for two years, that question wouldn't even be out there. Is he a bust? And that's even if you had to give up draft picks, first round draft picks, it, it, it wouldn't be out there. It's because the amount of money and the way it, and all I'm saying is the organization is handling him with gloves because they are tied into him and that's a contract. I mean, y'all think Russell Wilson's contract would be hard to well, look at Deshaun's. I mean, you know, and Deshaun's a lot. He's younger than Russ, but the upside there is still be upside of Deshaun. The more Russ, where Russ is at in his career, but the, you, you get the point. 877-37-GRIND. All right, switching gears, I will come back in the last, uh, well, we are in the last segment. I want to look at some of the mid-season line reports. Also, uh, switching gears to college, um, Georgia, you know, we had a new release yesterday in the playoffs. Uh, really the change everybody talking about, Georgia moves to number one. I think they should have been number one from the get-go, uh, to be honest with you. Um, if you look at Ohio State, so they moved Ohio State down to two, right? Yeah, they just swapped those yeah. top two. Yeah, and that's really all the change you saw. Yeah. Um, as far back as eight, where Alabama sits, and I will tell you, I had it in the docket. There is a scenario that could brew, uh, that could really be controversial. I mean, because sometimes, as long as we've been doing this, I mean, we've been doing the playoffs since 2016, I think it is. There's always talk about, oh, the, you don't want to be on the committee this year. You don't want to be having to make that decision this year. Well, and then it all of a sudden, it always works itself out for the committee. Well, this year, you got a team lingering that's undefeated by the name of Florida State Seminoles. A team that I've been high on, a team that I feel that should be ranked ahead of Ohio State, a team that I feel that could possibly, if they had their A game, beat Ohio State on a neutral field. Alabama is sitting in that A spot. I haven't been high on this Alabama team all year or the quarterback. Uh, he's 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 improving. Then speaking of coaching, this is a coaching job because I tell you right now, if they get to a Final Four spot, this is going to be one of his best coaching jobs, whether they win the title or not, all that he's been since there, speaking of Nick Saban. Okay. Um, and in the last two years, he's arguably, he's, de he's dealt with a young team too. But if Alabama continues to win, they set up a date with Georgia in the SEC championship game. Under no circumstances, four, and when we grow to 12 next season, under no circumstances is an SEC championship team going to be left out of the playoffs. It's not happening. You can, you can, you can put that up with dying and paying taxes. So if Alabama would find themselves, and they've got to continue, they've got to win out. But if they, they've got Arvin left in that Iron Bowl, that's pretty much it. They took care of LSU. If they could continue to win, that sets up a date with Georgia in that Mercedes Dome in Atlanta. If Alabama were going to beat Georgia, there is a chance. It's going to be very interesting if they have the stomach to leave out an undefeated Florida State team. Unless you're going to – so 
And the reason why you say, well, wait a minute, Calvin, why if, if Florida State goes and wins the ACC, how that happened or whatever? Okay, that's fair. But are you telling me, are they going to penalize Georgia? for the, if, if Georgia goes all the way and their only loss is to Alabama in the SEC championship game and they're the defending champs, you're taking Florida State over them? You think the committee's going to do that? You think, and I think Florida State deserves to go. I think they've been a they've, they're a pretty damn good team, but I'm already seeing this shaking out. I, it, and, and the committee sometimes get, like I've said, they get bailed out on these things. But if Alabama goes and beats Georgia, it would take them, in my opinion, it would take them, and I don't know if that'd be right, booting a one-loss Georgia, the two-time defending champion team. That would arguably, by that time, the SEC championship game, Alabama would probably be sitting in the fifth spot by then. See, if they continue to run, by the time they go to the SEC, I think the committee would have them probably at that sixth or fifth spot by then. So if you go ahead and you beat Georgia, that's going to make things very interesting what the committee's going to do. But you still have Ohio State and, and Michigan head-to-head as well in the final week of the season, so you could see them slide out. If Michigan were to lose that game, you just move them back to four, and okay. then you get your FSU, your winner between Ohio State and Michigan, and then one of the two Pac-12 schools. What are you going to do about Oregon Georgia? or Washington? What are you going to do about they, a one-loss Georgia? They slide back to four. They go to four. You'd have to run that to me, but I know we're up against it. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 
And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in multiple different flavors. And also, don't forget, they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary Michelada mix as well, too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so keeping it moving here. Um, so you were telling me, okay, so let's assume, yeah, because you, you're looking at the Ohio State and Michigan is going to be canceled out. One's going to cancel each other out in that final game of Ohio-Michigan. That's what you're saying, because the winner of that's going to play in the Big Ten Championship. With game. Ohio State being right? moved back to two. Now, if they were one, I would say that with a loss, they could fall back as far back as four. All right, but that number one spot, I think you're not going to drop them out. Speaking of Georgia. Whoever was sitting there. Ohio State at one, unless it was unless it was the other top four, you know, Michigan. But even so, you just have a hard time sliding them out. You have a hard time moving one with a loss at this time of the year. To a ranked opponent, taking them out of the top four. If they sat at number one. If they right. sat at number one. Ohio State, Georgia, it doesn't matter. Right? Okay. So that's where I have that hard that hard point. So I do believe that because Ohio State moving to two, if Michigan were to defeat Ohio State at the end of the month, then that would knock Ohio State out of the top four. And if the upset that you're so if the upset you're saying happens in terms of Alabama upsetting Georgia, if they went out and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Georgia would fall back to four. Michigan, after beating Ohio State, would remain up there. Florida State, of course, would still have to take care of their business. They would have to win and the, the two Pac-12 schools would still have to take care of their business because there exists a world where Texas makes a top four and the college football playoff. They're sitting there at seven. And you've got um, two Big Ten schools, two Pac-12 schools sitting ahead of them. So if we have some chaos here to end the year, I, I, I honestly in this go, and part of me throwing this out there was due to the fact of what the committee and what they're going to look at the strength of the ACC is about. And as much as we've talked up, you know, even though this is the last year in existence, the most we've talked up against the Pac-12, for the most part, people consider Pac-12 probably the best conference. And, and that's kind of swayed a little bit because you've had some losses pile up, especially USC has kind of hurt the Pac-12 a little bit. But my point is, I don't see the Pac-12 champion being left out for Florida State. Because even in these scenarios, somebody's going to be left out. Right. One of those, and, one of those two Big Ten schools... Ohio State or Michigan has to come out. Right. They're going to see each other. But even that, though, even if you eliminate one of those, you still got either Washington and Oregon. Right. One so, of those gets to slide okay. in and take that to the four. Okay. So then you okay. would have the Georgia Georgia representing the SEC, Ohio State or Michigan representing the Big Ten, Florida State representing the ACC, and Washington or Oregon representing the Pac-12. What are you doing? The, with, the, Big, 12, the Big 12 misses out. What, what, what are you doing with Alabama? Because the premise well, was if, if, if Alabama, Alabama beats, beats Georgia, Georgia, they're not climbing the top four. Unless you just, again, unless you have absolute chaos over the last three weeks. Jonas, I, I know we had our uh, wager. You're 1-0 on me on the wager on the Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I just Let me just give a news flash to you. The SEC champion is not – I don't care – 
because first of all, one of the things we're not even getting to is basically the head-to-head between Texas and Alabama. They won the head-to-head. But what I'm telling you, the, the team that wins the championship of the SEC, they're not getting left out. They could That's get a, left that, out. It's not going to happen. I will take that wager. Okay, go ahead. It's not happening. You want to run, run, run back the same deal? Yeah, I'll put a Benjamin Franklin on it. That's how confident I am. Because I've been, I've been paying like this the is holidays. The, the, okay, but then, <laughs> no, I knew you would. That, that was you would you would go kind of, ah, but that just I just said that because I know how confident I am, Jonas. That's why I brought up the scenario. First of I'll all, you got Grant. I'll keep but, it at Grant though. But 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 this the but, SEC if the SEC champion could miss the playoff outside of Georgia because if Georgia goes undefeated they're going they win the SEC this but this whole conversation is based off of Georgia losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game we still have time to get there right but 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 but, but this is why I go back and tell you there's a world where any other champion that's not named Georgia we'd have to look at schedules right and but I'll just tell you just off the top of the dome but in your scenario Oh, a, a big a SEC a SEC champion Alabama is not making the top four. Well, I think you're assuming that the, maybe the reason why you're confident in that because you think they're going to stay at eight. No, because if you right. defeat Georgia, you're going to move up to well, no, I'm saying, six or five. But no, I'm saying I think they're going to move up even like, look, you've got former coaches in on this committee. That's coach the game and play the game. You got people that are supposed to be watching these games to the nauseum, and also besides just scheduling, the naked eye test looks at the same as well too. What I'm telling you is that I believe before they play Georgia, they're going to be they're they're going to be probably at least a spot or two higher than eighth. Because they're going to contend. If they could continue to beat people down like Kentucky and beat whatever, and I don't know if this – I've told you all year I haven't thought that this is a national championship team in Alabama. Alabama has Chattanooga mm-hmm. and Auburn left. Right. That's what – they're going to be in Atlanta. Yeah. So so my thing is – So is that, neither of those two wins is, is good enough to move you up higher than, than eight. You need losses ahead of you. Let me, let, me, let me give you back to the reality of the world. Let's make no mistake about it. We've got the human element. This is where I was going with the coaches in there. People that have played, people that got respect for them. And also, let's not talk about money and ratings and travel play a part of this. This one tournament was one time called the Alabama Invitational. If you think a committee is going to leave out an SEC championship team by the name of Alabama, it ain't happening. It's, Grant, it's, it's, Grant it's, it's, yeah, okay. Well, we got because honestly, I don't even think and it's not about Alabama. The SEC champion, 14, 12 team, 18 team playoff. There will be no circumstances as long as before this is prior before we form into two power conferences. But if we're just talking the way the conference is structured right now, an SEC champion that goes and wins that SEC championship game is never going to be left out in a playoff scenario. The only way that I believe that and it would take so much to happen before then that that could be the case if for some reason you end up in an SEC championship game and both of those participants have two losses. Then maybe if you take a two, then that's you would have to have a team from the SEC East and the SEC West show up in Atlanta, both with two losses, and really, even if you win, if there's some other team undefeated, whatever, I could see that. A one-loss SEC title team is making the playoffs. Maybe next year. Well, next year for sure. Because next year we get to we get to twelve teams, 
Your top, your top four. I'm telling you in a top four format. Don't that, even worry about the two. I'll tell you the four. Fine. Then if you're just sitting on, if you're sitting in this year, then the wager's already made. There's no, there's no more need for back and forth. The wager's mm, made. Yeah, and it only, it's only got a wager if Alabama wins out and they beat Georgia. If they don't beat Georgia, they're not going. Now they're two losses, whatever. The question's going to be that head-to-head with Texas. Texas fans might look and feel screwed. And I would tell Texas, hey, next year you'll be a part of it. Don't worry about it. Just one year early. Texas would have a reason to have the red ass because they beat Alabama heads up in their building in Tuscaloosa. And they're kind of wavering right there. But if you look at Texas with the naked eye test, they've had to pull away here and there in thirds and fourth quarter. They let some teams hang around because part of this is just not about, it ain't all about strength of schedule, people. It's not. It's about the naked eye test and what you believe you want to see on a neutral field. Who can compete and have the best compelling television and who's going to bring the most fan? Who's going to, all that stuff is in the pot of gumbo when you're talking about choosing if we only got four seats, not 12, four seats. That's why I brought it up. And I believe the team that will be screwed on the outside looking in will be very controversial. And I think if this is the year it's going to end as a four-teamer, this is the year where the committee would care less if it's controversial because it'd be like, oh, you only got 12 months till we change. I believe the controversy is going to be an undefeated, possibly ACC team being left out to dry. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's why I brought this up. And remember, I always tell you, I never bring up topics on this show uh, before they happen without a particular reason to bring it up. Because I believe there's a good chance where we're headed. Now, if Georgia beats Alabama, we ain't got nothing to worry about. But the worst scenario for the committee is for Georgia to win out and to beat, I mean, excuse me, Alabama to win out and go beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I even told you if it's convincingly, I mean, damn, if it's convincingly, you damn sure they're going. No. Uh, Let's talk about, though, the potential for Oregon State. Because I was just looking, I'm looking here at schedules of those top five, top seven teams. Okay, mm. Oregon State has Washington next, number five Washington, and then they close with number six Oregon. If you take down two of the top six ranked programs, and they're sitting there at ten, number ten Oregon State. Let's say you get by Washington, number five Washington this week. Where does that put you in the? T- and, and then- How many losses Oregon State have? Uh, I'd have to go to the standings real quick. Oregon State has two losses on the season. They're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter. They're sitting there at 10. doesn't matter. You take down five and six in consecutive weeks to end the year. You're sitting at 10, and you're and Oregon State, I don't believe, they're not you would, paying. You would, hand, you would hand Oregon their second loss, and you would hand Washington their first loss. But is Oregon State going to sit there? Does Oregon State still have the opportunity to play in the Pac-12 championship game? I'd have to double-check that. And if they don't, it doesn't matter. We're talking about nothing. They're not going to go from 10 or the pac championship game is going to come down to Oregon and Washington again, because I think Utah's already they blew their shot when they had to win. Most likely that's going to be the case. UCLA already has two losses minimum, if I can remember. Um, Pac-12 conference has been better, but they're not good enough to send a two loss team. Oregon State still has a shot. They still got a shot. We're down to four from the Associated Press, Arizona, mm-hmm. Oregon State, Oregon and Washington. 
as of yesterday evening? Well, first of all, I don't believe I, – I, look, I like the quarterback for Oregon State. I think Debo Sweeney made a bad decision in that one. Um, but I don't think they're going to be beating Oregon or Washington. I mean, that's the Civil War game between Oregon and Oregon State. So I, I'll, I'll proceed with that because that's a robbery game. That, that's the Civil War game. That's a big one. Uh, but they would have to beat both to have a conversation. But I still think if they go to the Pac-12 championship, it still goes back to either they would win it. Let's just say hypothetically they do what you're saying. They go beat Oregon and they go beat Washington. Um, I still don't think a Pac-12, two-loss Pac-12 champion keeps out a one-loss SEC championship team game. It's not. It's never happened. And it's not. That's when I'm confident into you because we've been doing this since 2016 and there hasn't been one year without the SEC championship team not participating. It's not happening. It's it's the it's the big people still believe, even though you know you got top heavyweight, it's the conference that represents the most national championship, going back to the BCS era, going back to that brand matters and strength of matters. The it's SEC the, would still be represented. They just want to have their champion. Georgia would still be there. In my in my prediction. Of them sliding to four. And I, it happened with Ohio State that one year, too. Ohio mm-hmm. State didn't even play in the Big Ten Championship. They still worked their way into the, the rankings. An SEC champ. It's, if you win in Atlanta, that's what everybody plays. Since I've been watching college football, it's about getting Atlanta. Sometimes it's it's a harder to win the SEC Championship we'll game than the National Championship game. We'll see when we get But there. I'm telling you, whoever it is, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, whoever, whoever wins the SEC championship game is not being left out of the playoffs. It's not happening. There's no coaches in that room that's going to do it. There's not for It's not going to happen. Whether we agree with it, whether it's what, because at the end of the day, what I've been saying, and this is the reason why I don't follow it so much in the committee and who plays who, because the committee can come out and do this made for TV thing. They do on the four letter network every Tuesday. They've been doing for the last five, six years. And outside the last two years, the criteria changes every week. It's always changed. It's made for TV to fill content. So t- the reason why I say that, there's no black and white like, hey, this is the Bible. This is what you do. They leave their self-gray area if they get in these particular situations. But going into a 12-team next year, they could leave somebody going to be pissed off. I'm not t- I think Florida State deserves to be there. But I'm just telling you, be careful because that's going to be the one. And then also you have a situation where whoever wins the Big 12, which is going to come, Oklahoma's done what? Oklahoma has two losses now. And I think their last loss, who did they lose to that was pretty bad? Didn't Kansas get them? If I'm not mistaken, OU, Boomer, Sooner. I know they beat Texas, but you look at their loss. I don't think a two-loss Big 12 title team, a Big 12 championship team, is a for sure in either. Yeah, they lost to Kansas and Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, and most likely, if I'm not mistaken, who is Texas probably going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game? Would it uh, still be open? I'll have to check okay. that. But the, but yeah. the Oklahoma closes against BYU and TCU. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, we've got a few weeks left of the season. We've got a few uh, weeks more of these releases, and we'll see how it plays out. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so I wanted to kind of go uh, – oh, a couple other things, College Front 2 um, – that I did want to get out there. Uh, first off, uh, we've got uh, reports. First of all, Coach Prime, Colorado Buffalo, he doubled down on the fact that he's not going anywhere uh, with the A&M rumors. Uh, he named, he's like, my mom's here, my sister, my dog's here. He goes, look, man, I tell the truth to parents because I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going. You have to take Prime for the credit report he's got. You got to take him probably for his word. Um, I know a lot of people down there, the local, don't think he really – 
reassured people that he was 100% going anywhere. I I really don't, and I said this yesterday kind of with the control uh, factor. I don't think he gets that control every other uh, any other way. Um, the other thing what we've been talking about in this region is the Texas A&M situation, and we know they're looking for a new coach. Uh, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork uh, talks about the type of contract they want for the next coach. He wants an incentive-based contract because what they went through with Jimbo. I mean, the person doing the interview was right on. I mean, she did a good job. She asked straight up, like, would you be doing things different? Would you done different? Would you done his contract? Well, sure. Like he said, sure, we can play money quarterback. Yeah, we knew it wasn't going to work. But at that time, we had momentum. And then he follows that up about, will that impact on the next coach when you have him? Yeah, we're thinking about a more incentive-based contract, this and this. And that tells me all I need to know. And that's why if you look at the list, and yes, it just wasn't the San Antonio Express News. There's a national outlet that has Jeff Trailer as a potential. You look at some of those candidates on there. If you're looking for that, then you are going to go with a up-and-coming coordinator or a first-time coach or somebody in a smaller division. Some, that's going to go. Yeah, like you're not getting that. Uh, you're not getting a coach to buy into no incentive-based contract, man. Not after what the word is. What you just gave guaranteed money to Jimbo to go. If I'm an agent, there's no way. So does a Jeff Trailer or somebody in a smaller conference take that to go to big step? Yeah, probably, but not a proven coach, which I think that they need at this point in the SEC. They need somebody that's done it, okay? But the reality is the way this athletic director is talking, you damn right money going to play a factor. It don't matter how deep the pockets, what oil money Texas A&M got, those statements let you know they chop, they shopping at the Dollar General store for the next coach, in my opinion, because I don't see what proven coach is going to take an incentive-based type of contract. Now, I know the athletic director ain't talking about Ricky Williams and center based and Master P negotiated with the Saints back in the day. But I think it's one of those, like, hey, and every coach, I mean, Nick Saban gets, I think his is, what, a half a million dollar bonus if he wins the SEC championship game? They just throw things in here as bonus. But this this president, Bjork, is talking more about a very moderate base and then steps in there. And I can understand because they're burnt. They got burnt. They got burnt with Jimbo with that guarantee price. It's out there, and they never want to make that mistake again. But unfortunately, if that's the case, you're probably going to have to go. Doesn't mean it can't work, but most likely you're going to have to go with a first time or a coach that's coming out of a smaller conference. All right, man, that is a wrap for this hump day edition of the Sports Grind. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. All right, San Antonio, El Paso. Abilene, Lubbock, Tyler, people up in the Mile High City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button before you're off the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.